1: Good, whoa, and it's a wonderful place to be in God's house with God's book opened up with God's people. Let's pray to God. Lord, thank you so much for your presence here with us this morning. We count it a privilege to be in your house, to be with your book, to be among your people. And now, Lord, we pray that your spirit would teach us, lead us, guide us, call to our remembrance in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 28 verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took up the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place for to sleep. And he dreamed and behold the ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it, to thy seed. Thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, and thee in thee. And in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, And will bring thee again into this city, and for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord's in this place. I knew it not. He was afraid and said how dreadful is this place for this is none other but the house of God and this is the gate of heaven now in our last study we came to verse 11 and and what's the last word in verse 11 this is a simple question folks sleep that's it hope we're not doing that now (laughs) because this is the section of what happened in Jacob's sleep Verse 12 explains to us he dreamed and this is what he saw in his dream. Remember what we saw in his dreams were the three beholds. And what did we say as another word for behold last week? Not sleep. <laughs> no. Remember it was the most used word by my little granddaughter Kate in her vocabulary. Look Kate, here that's it. That's it. Look Kate, there's some no shoes. Wow. It's wow. See, verses 12 and 13 are the verses of wow. See, the first wow or behold is in verse 12, behold the ladder, wow, a ladder. And the second wow in verse 12 was what? It was the angels, right? Ascending and descending, that's right. He's not just doing these strange things, it means something. eh? Ascending and descending, and that was the second wow. And the third wow in verse 13 was what? It's the Lord, it's God. He's standing over it. And last week, we covered the first wow, which was the ladder. And the ladder in this dream represents access to heaven. And we saw how this access to heaven represents, this ladder represents the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us access to heaven. And last week, we saw those three very important words when it talks about the Lord giving us access to heaven. And those are words are by, through, and in by Christ, we have access to heaven. That's Romans 5.2. Through Christ, we have access to heaven. That's Ephesians 2.18. And in Christ, we have access to heaven, which is Ephesians 3.12. So Romans 5.2, Ephesians 2.18, Ephesians 3.12. And seeing this ladder teaches us that our real home is heaven. Thank God for that. This world is just a bus stop for us. It's just a bus stop. And who falls in love with a bus stop? <laughs> so that was the first wow. It was the latter. The second wow, in verse 12, behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And what were the angels doing when they're ascending? What are they doing when they're ascending? What are they carrying with them as they ascend to heaven? What? Our prayers. Our prayers, exactly and also reports about what's happening down here on earth, they're bringing that up to heaven. And when the angels are descending, what are they carrying down from heaven? God's response, right, which is in the form of counsels, have not I written to thee excellent things, God says, counsels, advices, and then interventions, where God will step in on situation and do something. Angels do that, and sometimes they do it with swords, And now we come to the third wow, which is in verse 13, which is, and behold, and wow, the Lord stood above it. See, when Jacob woke up, did Jacob say, wow, I just saw a ladder stretching from earth to heaven? Or when Jacob woke up, did Jacob say, wow, I just saw angels ascending and descending on the ladder? But of those three wows, what was the most amazing wow to Jacob in verse 16? That's it, the Lord. You see, when Jacob woke up, the most impressive wow for Jacob was surely the Lord. That was the biggest wow for him. The Lord's in this place, and then he didn't know it. And so at the end of verse 11, Jacob falls into a sleep. Verse 12, Jacob sees a ladder and angels. Verse 13, Jacob sees the Lord. Verse 16, Jacob wakes up, and when he wakes up out of his sleep, he says, wow, the Lord and you put those words together, the last word of verse 11, sleep, and the first four words of verse 13, and put it together, and you say, sleep and behold the Lord. That's interesting, because Jacob was asleep, and in his sleep, he saw the Lord. See, God revealed himself to the sleeper, Jacob. And when it says in verse 16, Jacob awaked out of his sleep, it was like Jacob was in a coma sleep. (laughs) See, that picture of Jacob being asleep and the Lord revealing himself to Jacob while he was asleep, that's for the Jewish people today. They're in a coma sleep. The Jewish people today are asleep to the fact that God is the Lord Jesus Christ. They're just asleep about it. And our hope is when God, in their sleep, reveals himself to them, that is Jesus, and so we're hoping for that day. And when it comes to knowing God, The Jewish people today are asleep, and if you don't believe it, read the reports in the bulletin this morning from the summer blitzers, because when it comes to knowing God, the Jewish people are just asleep. They just have no concept of who God is. Like Sanford, who was reached this last week in the summer blitz and felt he had to write me a letter. So he wrote me a letter, and I'm going to read to you part of the letter here. He said, my name is Sanford. Like you, I too was born into a Jewish family. In my 66 years like you, God has also worked many miracles in my life and awareness of his plan. I became deeply aware of Jesus Christ, peace be upon him, when I was 20. The guidance I received was to follow his teaching and not associate myself with any Christian denomination. Six years ago... When I was 60, God made me aware of yet another life-changing reality. He showed me, in no uncertain terms, that Muhammad was foretold in both Torah and Gospel, and in fact, Moses and Jesus, peace be upon that, foretold the last prophet's coming. This is huge. I'm not going to attempt to put it all in one email. but I thank him for that. The bottom line is, there's no deity worthy of worship but the one good God who created us, and Muhammad is his last prophet and messenger to all humanity asleep, (laughs) come asleep, okay, as to who God is, that he's the Lord Jesus Christ, the Jewish people are asleep, so when we read in verse 13, and behold the Lord, that word Lord is Jehovah, that's Jehovah, or however you want to say that, I'll say Jehovah, really, it needs to read in verse 13, and behold Jehovah, see, Jacob saw Jehovah, You see, the first time the name Jehovah is used in the Bible is in Genesis 2-4 when it says, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that Jehovah God, the Lord God, made the earth and the heavens. See, the first time that Jehovah is used in the Bible is he's identified as the creator. Jehovah is identified as the creator. And who the creator is, is identified for us in John 1, 3, where it says about the Lord Jesus Christ, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. See, that verse is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Colossians 1, 16 through 20, tells us that for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he's before all things, by him all things consist. He's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether there be things in earth or things in heaven. See, it's by the Lord Jesus Christ that all things were created. And since according to Genesis 2-4, it's Jehovah's the one who created everything. And John 1-3, Colossians one 16 tells us Jesus Created everything, that can mean, only mean, that Jehovah is Jesus. If Jehovah is the creator and Jesus is the creator, then Jesus must be Jehovah. Remember, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and that's who Jacob saw. Jacob saw Jehovah Jesus. Now, the first thing we're told about what Jacob saw in Jehovah Jesus in verse 13. It says, behold, the Lord, or Jehovah, stood above it. See, what it says here is that God was standing. He was standing. Now, that's not the normal position for the judge of the universe. The judge of the universe sits. But here we see the Lord standing. And that makes verse 13 a double wow because it's a double wow of uh, behold, the Lord, and it's a wow of he's standing. He's standing, whenever we see God standing in the Bible, it's very significant. it's very important. He only stands when there's something very important for him to do. See, where have we seen God standing in the Bible? Where? OK, Clinton, yes. The death of Stephen, right, the death of Stephen. And that was after he made his wonderful sermon. And then there's such a wonderful response they gave him. They pounded him to death. Hope you don't do that to me today. <laughs> anyway, but in Acts seven fifty five, it says, But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looks up steadfastly into heaven, saw the glory of God, Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And then Stephen said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. See, Stephen saw the Lord Jesus, Jehovah Jesus, standing on the right hand of God. See, the Lord was standing, why? Because Stephen was dying, he was dying. That was of great importance to the Lord, that Stephen was dying. It says that in Psalm 116, 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord was the death of Stephen, See, the death of the saints is precious in his sight, and the death of Stephen was precious in his sight, so the Lord stood for that. See, it says that in Ecclesiastes 7, 1, it says a good name is better, uses the word better, is better than precious ointment. So the subject here is better. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. Well, that's a little strange, isn't it? <laughs> Why is the day of death better than the day of one's birth? Well, actually, from the news this week, you can kind of agree with that. <laughs> but because it says in Psalm seventy-three twenty-four, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Because death for the saved is to be received to glory. And that's better than to be born into the world that's described in Job 5 7. Yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. So man's born unto trouble and this trouble leads him to be saved, hopefully. And then he saves and he dies and he's received to glory. So that's better. But it was significant when Stephen saw the Lord stand on the right hand of God to receive him because his great work on the cross had been done. And he was sitting down at the right hand of God after his great work on the cross. The Lord Jesus was sitting down at the right hand of God. Then he got up to receive Stephen. But after his great work is described in Hebrews 1, 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself, all alone, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down, on the right hand of the majesty on high. See, when the Lord did that, he returned to the Father. When he did his great work on the cross, the work of atonement, he returned to the Father. He had purged our sins, and that's when the Father said to him in Psalm 110, one, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. See, when he'd finished the work of atonement as our high priest, he was told to sit down. And that's what it says in Hebrews 8.1. Now the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. Here it is. Here's the whole summation of it all. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the majesty, on the throne of the majesty in the heavens. You look at the tabernacle, like at the creation museum, you go see the tabernacle. You will not see a chair inside the tabernacle. Those priests, when they started to be priests, they were told, it says, we get some good sandals, some Dr. Scholl sandals, <laughs> because you're going to need them, because you're going to be standing the whole time of your work. There is no chair in the tabernacle. No no priest sits down in the tabernacle, except this priest, our priest, he sat down because his work was finished. Now, the next words we are told in verse 13 are two words, above it, above it. See, those words, above it, emphasizes the Lord's position. He's not just, he's above the ladder, okay? He's above the ladder. It's the ladder where this is going on, the ascending and descending. And here's Jacob down here. And here's this ladder. And here's these angels. And they're going up and down on the ladder. And what does that teach us? That teaches us, first of all, there is a ladder with angels ascending and descending. That teaches us Jacob has communication with heaven. Jacob has communication with heaven. And number two, the Lord's above the ladder. So that teaches us that Jacob has communication with heaven, through a mediator, a mediator, and that mediator is Jehovah Jesus. He's above the ladder. And then number three, he's standing above that ladder. It teaches us that Jacob is important to the Lord. So the Lord standing above the ladder, teaching us that Jacob is the object of his mercy and of his attention. And when we see this, what this dream, it teaches us Ourselves, it's not just about Jacob, it's about us. We have communication with heaven. We have communication with heaven through a mediator. Jehovah Jesus is our mediator. We have one mediator, as it says in 1 Timothy 2 5. 1 Timothy 2 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, right in between the man Christ Jesus. Our mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, is our advocate, he's our lawyer. As it says in 1 John two 1, 1 John 2.1, it says, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's our mediator, steps in between us. Our mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, he reveals the Father to us in John 1.18. No man hath seen God at any time, John 1.18. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him, he revealed him. We're important to the Lord. We're the objects of his attention and his mercy. And so when we think of the Lord standing on the top of the ladder, that teaches us that the Lord's active. He's not passive in his mediation. He's active in his mediation between us and, and heaven. And his activity is described in Hebrews 7.25. Wherefore, he's able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth. That's activity, to make intercession for them. He's always active. Now, when we read these next two words in verse 13, behold, the Lord stood above it and said, and said. And that's interesting because when it says and said, it emphasizes to us there's only one voice being heard, and it's the voice of God. Only God speaks in this scene. I mean, there are all those angels of God They're not mumbling to themselves. They're not talking among themselves. They're silent. And they're just doing their work, going up and down. While only the Lord speaks, no one speaks but the Lord. And he's the outstanding personality, as the angels then keep silence, as it says in Habakkuk 2.20. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Literally in the Hebrew, that reads, Be silent, all the earth, before him. See, the earth is still when God arises to save the meek from the earth, as it says in Psalm 76, 8 through 9. Psalm 76, 8 through 9. Thou didst cause judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still when God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth. See, all eyes are on God in this scene. And God gets up there, and God, when God gets up there, everybody else is silent. Like it says in Zechariah 2.13, Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for he has raised up out of his holy habitation. See, he's standing. And so, the, so it says, Be silent, all flesh. Zephaniah seven. Zephaniah seven. Hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God. And sometimes we're tempted. That's the first thing we do. That's what I do whenever I get, you know, upset or something. The first thing I do is I start talking on the phone. Nobody's there. I talk to myself. Doesn't matter. I just talk. (laughs) But the Lord says, don't do that. The Lord says, be silent and meditate on how I will be exalted in the earth in Psalm 4610. Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. But the scene we have here is significant where the angels are silent, although the Lord speaks, because the verse we just read in Colossians 1.18, where it talks about he's the head of the church the beginning, that all things he might have the preeminence. In all things he might have the preeminence, not us, not angels, only the Lord Jesus Christ. In all things Jehovah Jesus might have the preeminence. And now we see the Lord said what he said when he spoke. He identifies himself. In verse 13, behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. Now the Lord said, now look, watch carefully what he said there. The Lord told Jacob, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. You see anything wrong with what God said? Is that literally correct there? This is grandfather, wasn't it? This is grandfather. See, his grandfather, I mean, who was Jacob's father? Now, good, Isaac, okay. If I was ever with my son, David, and his family, and someone said to my granddaughter, Grace, that I was her father, she would immediately protest for good reason. (laughs) She'd say, David's my father, he's my grandfather. Here's the question. Why was Isaac not called Jacob's father? Since Isaac is really Jacob's father, Abraham is, is Jacob's grandfather, why didn't the Lord say to Jacob, I am the Lord God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, thy father? That's really the question. Why didn't he say, I am the Lord God of Abraham? Why did God center this fatherhood on Abraham and not on Isaac? Now, it's a little bit of a trick question here, because in Hebrew, in biblical Hebrew, there is no word for grandfather. In modern-day Hebrew, there is. But in in biblical Hebrew, there's no word for grandfather. And so I'm not asking why he didn't say, why didn't you call him grandfather? Because there's no word for grandfather. (laughs) But the question is, why didn't he call Isaac his father? The why in verse 13 is this, this emphasis on calling Abraham father and not Isaac father. And, and the answer to why Abraham is emphasized as Jacob's father is the same answer as to why Abraham is called our father. And he's not our literal father. It's not even our literal, most of us, it, anyways, he's not. Anyway, in verse 13, Abraham was called Jacob's father. Abraham is called our father. Why? because of Romans 4.16. Therefore, it's of faith, and it might be by grace. To the end, the promise may, might be sure to all the seed, and not only to that which is of the law, but to that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, all believers.
0: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at tomcantor.org. That's T-O-M-C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor, at friendshipwithgod.org, Tom Cantor, at friendshipwithgod.org. You're invited to Christmas Under the Stars at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California, Saturday, December 12th, from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., activities for the entire family, including a live nativity, caroling candlelit museum tours, ornament making, cookie decorating, star exploration, and a special Star of Bethlehem message by guest Paul Taylor. Join us for this family-free Christmas event at the Creation Museum, 619-599-1104 or creationsd.org. Looking for an exciting career in the medical field or biotech industry? Join Scannabodies Biologics, founded by a Christian businessman, Tom Cantor. It's a premier company dedicated to advancing patient care and serving the community of San Diego. Scannabodies has global operations and over 700 employees and growing. And if you have a heart for people and a desire to join a leading biotech company, call us, 619-258-9300, 619-258-9300, Scannabodies.com. That's scantibodies.com.